morning and happy Mother's Day. Sometime last year, precisely towards the end of the year, I met a lady, and as a matter of fact, um, a young mother, and in the course of discussion, um, we got to know each other more, and she told me about her background, about her culture, and the basic thing that she said was that there is actually no affiliation between her and her mother, except for the fact that when she was growing up, her mother took care of her to feed her and to also send her to school. And she went further to say to me that the same thing happens to other people in her culture. That was very strange to me, and to the extent that I asked her, I know you have a very little baby, uh, so when you stroll around with your baby, do you go about with the same mindset? And she said, yes, actually. So where do you see yourself in the life of your baby? She said exactly what a mother was to her. And I said, so you mean all that you do, all that you can offer to your daughter is to feed her, to make sure that she gets good education if she wants it? She said, yes. So do you provide guidance? Do you provide things like instruction? Do you see yourself as a spiritual guide to your daughter? Do you pray for her? She said, Samuel, I must confess to you, I'm not used to it. I didn't grow up with it, and it is not part of my culture. Then she asked me the question, is there anything wrong in it? Is it strange? I said, yes, it's strange. But you know what? Um, I've been taught to not you know, condemn any culture. Uh, that is how you, you know, grow up. And, uh, but I know that there is something better. And then we went further to discuss uh, about what I think should be the right thing, what I think should be the way she should relate to a child. And uh, I will come to that story later on. But for now, please bow your heads and let us pray. Precious Father, I thank you so much for your grace. I thank you for your love. I thank you because you created all things before you create man. And when you created man, you said, he 
and she were good. And Lord, we thank you for the blessing of mother to the world, especially God to the church. We thank you, O Lord, for the family unit because we have seen you in history of humanity as the God who redeems true family unit. And you have placed mothers in a very distinct, in a very special position. And we thank you, Father, Lord, because the world could remember them. The world that we live in could uh, celebrate them. And as we, O oh God Almighty, uh, exalt ourselves today from your word, I pray that you will open our hearts. I pray, O oh God, that your word will go forth to some mothers out there, and you will glorify your name, O oh God, in their life and reposition them and encourage them. And Lord, put in their hands and in their hearts what you want them to work with. Thank you, Lord, because, Lord, the talents that you have deposited in them will be awakened and your name will be glorified. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. So the title of this sermon is Mother's Faith, a Proven Track Record. Mother's Faith, a Proven Track Record. And I've taken my test from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. I thank God whom I serve, as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. That is Paul speaking to Timothy, or writing to Timothy, and he addressed Timothy as his dear son, his true son, because Timothy occupied his very special place in Paul's heart and mission, such that Paul readily recommended him and vouched for him before all churches. For instance, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul said about Timothy, For this reason I am sending to you, Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 20 to 22, Paul also said of Timothy when he was writing to the church at Philippi that I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. You know that Timothy has proved himself. Timothy has proved himself. Paul didn't say this about Timothy. 
all the people, all the disciples that throng around him, that traveled with him. It was actually a very special recommendation, a very special commendation and testimony of Timothy's life. And this is someone that uh, Paul first met in Lystra, uh, which at that time was part of Roman province in Galatia, which is now uh, known as Turkey. And a reference to that is found in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16, verse 1. It says, He came to Derby, that is Paul, and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The relationship between Paul and Timothy was so cordial, such that Paul involved Timothy in the writing of six of his apostolic letters, like 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 2nd Corinthians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Now, at the time of writing 1st Timothy, Timothy was still fairly young, so young that when Paul actually met him 15 years earlier, uh, he was just in his uh, 20s. But at the time that Paul was writing the second Timothy to Timothy, uh, Timothy was already in his late 30s. And that is why as a young person in the faith, but who is not young at heart, uh, Paul said to him in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Because there is this tendency that uh, Timothy might see himself as people see him. It's possible for Timothy to cringe before people because of his age, because people despise him, but Paul quickly told him, you should not let anyone despise you because you are a youth, because you are young, because the grace that you carry in you is actually greater than your age. And you have been commissioned to do whatever you are asked to do. Now, just as Jesus built his church on Peter, on the basis of Peter's confession in Matthew chapter 16, from verse 18 to 19, Paul entrusts to Timothy the welfare of the apostolic church on account of his sincere faith. Now, this morning you might be wondering, am I actually talking about Timothy? I'm not talking about Timothy per se, uh, but Timothy is actually a product of the people I'm talking about. As great as this man was, interestingly, he was a product of a proven track record. The faith of his foremothers, a transgenerational faith, I call it. A faith that was handed over from generation to generation like a baton. It's like the people, the two women that came before Timothy, saw themselves as athletes who were running 
and had to pass on something that is very, very important to their children. And that is why Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 5, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. There is no doubt in the heart of Paul regarding the sincerity of Timothy's faith. Why Paul doubted some people and why some people actually failed Paul, Paul believed so much in Timothy that he said about him that the faith that you have is actually sincere and it was actually first lived out by your grandmother and also by your mother. And now I'm persuaded, I'm convinced that it is in you. Now who is actually Lois? Paul refers to her as Timothy's grandmother and as having sincere faith in God. It was this sincere faith she passes on to her daughter, Eunice. Lois instills her faith in her daughter. And that is the most significant thing she could do. It is the best heritage she believed that she could give to her daughter. She actually saw Eunice as somebody that is going to lead after her with what she lived with. She believed that the faith that she had should not die with her. And she made sure she discipled Eunice in the way of the Lord. And Paul also talked about Eunice. And she said that Eunice is the mother of Timothy. Now, this woman was only mentioned twice in the Bible. She is Jewish, and she believes in Jesus. Her faith was actually rooted in Jesus. However, contrary to Jewish law, Eunice got married to a non-Jew who is simply called a Gentile. And at that time, I believe that she must have suffered you know, a kind of stigma from people for doing that. She must have been reckoned with as an outcast. Some people must have looked down on her. But despite the cultural status and stigma of who she married, she has a real faith. She learned from her mother, and she passes the same thing to Timothy. Listen here today. Uh, this is transgenerational faith. Lois believed that this faith should not die with her, and she passes the same faith to Eunice. And Eunice also had that one child, and she believed that Timothy must also inherit the same faith. 
she believed that what her mother did for her, she also should do to Timothy. And why we do not know uh, anything about Timothy's children, but one thing we do know is that Timothy actually passes the faith, the same baton to the people that he came across. And we have testimonies of that everywhere in the scripture. Such that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 to 15, Paul said to Timothy, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. This is a very great revelation, a very great testimony of how Timothy was brought up. It wasn't accidental. It wasn't something that we could say it was an afterthought, but it was something that the mother, Eunice, had in mind that this child must inherit the same faith. And Paul says to us here today that that faith actually started growing up in Timothy when he was an infant. Everyone listening today, wherever you are, whether you know the Jesus Christ that I'm talking about in the life of Lois, Eunice, and Timothy or not, whether you belong to this church or not, if you are a mother, I celebrate you today. If you are a woman, I celebrate you today. I celebrate you as a mom. I celebrate you as a soon-to-be mother. I celebrate you today as someone who has even become a grandmother. And I say to you, you are a real gem. You are indeed wonderful, and you are a very special person. You are actually wonderfully and fearfully made. And you are not just an afterthought. And when God created everything, the scripture says that Adam did not see anything that he could relate with. He didn't see satisfaction in all the things that were created. But when God created Eve, he said this is the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. And I want to say here today that woman is a product of a finished work of God. A product of a finished work of God. God brought you as a mother. God brought you out of what he had already completed. It's a beautiful thing. 
It's a beautiful thing. And that is why I believe so much that even though mothers have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things to cope with, yet you are able to juggle between them. You are able to do them. Even though you are called a weaker vessel, I tell you today, the strength of the Lord in you is great. You are a great person. You are a needed person in the home. You are a needed person in the church. You are a needed person in the society. You are somebody who make life easy. You are somebody whom we celebrate today. And I tell you, heaven celebrates you. Heaven celebrates you. If you are a mother, do not look down on yourself. If you are a mother, if you are a woman, you have potentials, great potentials, seated in you. And I encourage you today, all mothers, keep investing in your children. Keep investing in your home. Keep doing it. Day and night, see God in the life of your children. Be they your biological children, your adopted children, or your spiritual children. Keep investing in their lives. Because the seed that you are sowing is going to germinate. The seed that you are sowing, you are going to reap it. In fact, the generations to come after you will reap it. Timothy's grandmother and mother could never have taught that their names would be written in the Bible when they chose to pass on and reproduce their faith. But I want to believe so much that wherever they are today, they will be rejoicing. Who told you that heaven is not taking record? Who told you that what you are doing, the little things you do to your children, will not work? It will surely work. I encourage you, mothers, if it is prayer that you know how to do, please keep doing it. If it is special care that you know how to give to your children, please keep doing it. If it is song that you know how to sing to your children, please keep doing it. Whatever you know how best to do for them, please keep doing it because your faith that you are sowing in them is a seed and it will not die. Someone is going to benefit it. Someone that even your children do not know anything about yet. Is going to reap it. It's going to enjoy it. And it's going to become a baton that people will begin to pass on from one place to another, from one generation to another. I see generations speaking of you, even when you are still alive. I see people referring to you when you are still alive and even when you are gone to be with the Lord. So keep doing whatever you know how best to do. And if you are a mother, you have not taken seriously the spiritual life of your children, sowing seed into the life of your children, making sure that 
the same faith that your parents handed over to you, you want to hand over to your own children. This is the time as we celebrate motherhood that you will see yourself as someone who is running a race and who must pass on the baton to your children. There are two major characteristics that I see in the life of Lois and Eunice. Two major characteristics. Love for God and faith in God. It was their love for God and their faith in God that resulted in what we are reading about today in the scripture. Those two characteristics actually spill over and they appeared in their lives in form of realization. Realization of the fact that their children have eternity to live with. It wasn't a joke that Lois decided to disciple Eunice. And it wasn't a joke. It wasn't a play that Eunice also decided to disciple Timothy. And who, by the way, became a bishop later on. And do you know that the apostolic mantle, leadership, was handed over to Timothy. It was Timothy who took over from Paul. But if the mother had not discipled him, if the mother did not realize that my child had eternity to live with, perhaps she wouldn't have done what she did. She knew that before a child is eternity. And it is either in heaven or in hell. Do you love your child so much? If you do, then you need to make sure they followed Christ and took the part of Christ as a mother. The second thing that their love and their faith in God projected was their readiness. I see in them readiness. Someone who is ready to go all the way for their child. I see resilience. In spite of their problems and challenges, they will not give up. I also see reliance. They relied on God to the end. And today, it is clear that their faith has a proven track record in the life and ministry of Timothy. The story of the lady I told you about at the beginning of this sermon did not just end there. This lady, a mother of a little girl, who believe that there is no attachment, no affiliation between her and her daughter, except for her to feed her and to make sure that she goes to school and never to have anything to do with her as far as spirituality is concerned or taking decision. Her background changed. Her beliefs changed right there that day. And she realized that Truly, what she had believed in, how she was brought up, was wrong. And she appreciated, as I opened the scriptures upon scriptures, and she realized that truly she needed to do more. And from there, 
things change for her. She believes that she is not just a mother for the sake of giving birth, but she's a mother because she has a calling, because she has been ordained by God to be a mother. As I conclude this message, I ask you today, who are you passing your faith to? Even if you are a dad, you are a father. Even if you are not yet married, who are you passing your faith to? And whether you are a father or a mother, your faith is the greatest thing you can give to your children. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this word. And I give you all the glory. Multiply it, O oh God, in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now I want to uh, quickly take the pastoral prayer uh, for mothers. And if you are able to do what I want you to do now, please do so very quickly, under 30 seconds. If you are a mother, just sit down. And uh, daddies and children, surround mommy and uh, lay your hands on her shoulder as I pray from here. And if you are a daddy and you know that mom has gone to be with the Lord. I'm going to pray for you also. And you just sit down and it is well with you. Thank you, Jesus. Precious Father, eternal rock of ages, glorious God, Ancient of days, Rose of Sharon, Lily of the Valley, Lion of the tribe of Judah, the one that was, the one that is, the one that continued to be forever. Indeed, there is none to be compared with you. Thank you so much for the creation of humanity. Thank you especially, O oh God, for mothers, women, the female gender that you created in your image after your own likeness. Thank you so much, O oh God, for these beautiful people. And Lord, today, in your name, I stand here to bless them. And I pray that in the name that is above all names, moms, mothers, blessed are you when you go out. Blessed are you when you come in. Blessed are you in all your ways. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb. Blessed shall be the works of your hands.
I pray for you today in the name of the most high God who created you and formed you that every grace that he has deposited in you may they continually spring forth. May you live to fulfill the numbers of your days. I pray for you mom, I pray for you mothers that in the name that is above all names, your efforts, your labor over your children, over your home will not be in vain. And I pray today for those who are trusting the Lord. You've been married and you are trusting him for the fruit of the womb. As we celebrate motherhood, may God visit you with a gift from above. May you be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. I pray for you, every lady that is marriageable, but I've stayed for a long time awaiting your fulfillment that may God Almighty that we celebrate in the life of mothers today visit you. May God grant you patience to wait for your time of celebration. I pray today for every home wherein mom has gone home to be with the Lord. I pray for the daddies in the homes. I pray for the children. And I ask that in the name of the Lord, may God Almighty continue to sustain you. May God Almighty continue to keep you. I pray for everyone that is under this voice today, that may God Almighty bless and keep you. Thank you, blessed Father. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. May we be generations that we pass on the baton to the next generation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.